All right, church, so we've been something like nearly 40 weeks, 30, 40 weeks. We've been marching our way through the gospel of Luke, but not today. For the next two, three, four, five weeks, we're going to step back. We are going to keep going through Luke because that's what we believe. We believe in the word of God and we believe it'll give us what we need. But we're going to take a step back. We're going to take a deep breath, all right? I love my job, but every once in a while I need a vacation. We love Luke, you know, but we, we needed a break. And so during this time, during this break, we are also in the middle, for those of you who are our members and those of you who are our guests, we are in the middle of what was a culmination of a lot of dreaming and a lot of planning, all right, of what we would call the, the relaunch, all right, of NBC post COVID, except we're not post-COVID anymore, all right? So that doesn't mean that God wasn't ready or didn't have plans, so we're going to march right on through that as if this is what he wants. We're going to do the best we can with what we know, all right? And there are more things than I could even consider sharing with you that are going to be happening over the next couple of weeks. Next Sunday kind of marks the, the march into all of the new from our theme of connect to our reconnecting with small groups, to our um, uh, re-entrance into our Wednesday night activities, um, all the things happening, uh, new uh, guests, new hospitality, new, it's just going to be great, it's going to be fun, it's going to be awesome, and you're going to just feel what Jim Simbala called fresh wind and fresh fire. So at least for the next couple of weeks, all right, um, here's what we're going to be looking at. I'm going to talk to you about how the church launched and grew today. It's going to be way more of a teaching style uh, than, than you're used to from me. Every once in a while, I do this, all right? We got all kinds of slides and all kinds of notes and all kinds of numbers and, and scripture, and it's going, to be, it's going to be good. And then next week, we're going to talk about real community, all right? We're going to be using the idea of each of us, many members of one body, and we're going to take the body of Christ, and we're going to take the, the human body, and we're going to start talking about what my part is, how I play my part. What does that look like at NBC, all right? And if you're in attendance over the next couple of weeks, this, this rarely happens. It's only happened twice in seven years. But if you're in attendance over the next couple of weeks, maybe just the 12th or maybe the 12th and the 19th, you will have enough information. If you want to join NBC, we, we join through what we call a coffee and covenant. All right, We don't walk down. We don't take a card. We don't fill it out and slide it in the door like it's the hotel motel holiday inn. We don't, we don't do that. All right, We don't vote and make sure you're okay. We don't do that. We tell you what a member looks like. We tell you what a leader looks like. We tell you how we do it. And then if you want to come on, you sign on. That's it. That's how we do it. Everybody knows what they expect. There's no, 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 no secrets, no surprises. But I'm going to be talking enough about that over the next couple of weeks that if you're here, you wouldn't have to attend Coffee and Covenant. You will be able to sign the covenant once the weeks are done. All right? I just wanted to let you guys know that. That doesn't happen very often. We have Coffee and Covenant for you guests about every six to eight weeks. But if you happen to be here for the next couple of weeks, it will count as the information for Coffee and Covenant, because we'll be talking about our core values. We'll be talking about community. We'll be talking about your part. And you will either decide, I cannot, no, I can't handle that much of him. And that's fine. I am not for everybody. Some of you are like, you're not for us either, but we love it. All right, so, you know, that's fine. All right? So, the church began. It launched, all right, in Luke's second act, all right? 
See, a lot of people don't know, but Luke wrote Luke. That one's not hard. But he also wrote Acts. All right? So this is Luke part two in Acts, and that's where the church took off. Now, people are like, well, Jesus had followers in Luke and in Mark and in Matthew. There were people in houses. There were people at the Sermon on the Mount. Yes, 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 yes. But the church, the called apostles and disciples, did not form until Acts. There were still followers of Jesus, following Jesus and listening to messages, and there were disciples and apostles who were sent out. But as we know the church, it did not really form until Acts, all right? And that started at the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, all right? But here's some things that I want you to take into consideration. In the first chapter of the book of Acts, there are approximately 120 people, give or take, that we would call involved, plugged in, a part of the church in late chapter 1 before, all right, the Holy Spirit comes down in chapter 2, falls on the disciples and they out to thousands of people, right? All right. By chapter 4, all right, the tongues of fire have come. Peter has preached a sermon. Thousands have been baptized. And by chapter 4, three chapters later, the church of 120 has now become 5,000. Now, we don't, treat it, we don't treat people this way now, but you were only counted if you were a man in the scriptures. Remember the feeding of the 5,000? It wasn't a feeding of 5,000. It was a feeding of between 20 and 25,000, all right? Fill up Rupp Arena. That's 20 to 25,000, all right? That is now the size of the church. In three chapters, it has gone from 100 to 150 to around 20,000, all right? By chapter 21, by chapter 21, there are between 50,000 and 100,000 believers. Now, everybody look at me. Listen, look right here. How many of you, over the course of 12 to 24 months would like to see a church of around 120 people become an incredible movement that would reach between 50 and 100,000 people. Would anybody like to be a part of that, to experience that, to even watch it from the pews? I, I don't, I don't want to watch it. I want to be a part of it. I don't care. I, you all know this. I don't care if... If we have 50, 150, or 1,500, I don't care. What my job is, is to see what God is doing, all right? Join him in doing it, and try to, with wisdom and courage, do the best I can with it. Well, will we have one building, or will we have seven buildings? I don't know. Will we have kids' ministry here and not over here? I don't know. Will we have one pastor or 15 pastors? I don't know. God has you here now. This is what I know. But as he grants us, we will grow and love and stay with him in it. And we will be faithful to it. But the question becomes, how and why did the church grow like it did? Okay? I want to identify three things to answer the question, how and why. Okay? So first part of this. Three things that identify how the church did what it did and why the church did what it did. Good Baptists are going to struggle with this one. We kind of scared of the Holy Ghost. Okay? You start to feel the Spirit, your hand starts to go up, and there's that good old Southern Baptist part of you that's like, you know? 
You do. You're like, I got this. Oh, no, I ain't. You know, we're scared of the Holy Ghost. We like our bulletins. We like it rigid. We like to know it's the welcome, the announcements, hymn number one, a prayer, hymn number two, offering, the sermon, the benediction. Most of you have been here long enough. You don't even know what a benediction is. And I'm okay with that. It means we're praying at the end. All right? But that's religion. And I promise you this, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were religious, and they didn't see this. So I want to be clear. The, the key ingredient to a growing, vibrant, and healthy church is full acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit of God and His power not only over us, but in us, I've quoted it for the last four weeks, and this is the mystery. Christ in you, the hope of glory. If you have any hope of growing, we must embrace the Holy Spirit of God that can fall over us and can guide us and counsel us because that's why Jesus promised that he sent us, him to us. Clarification. All right? So number one, they were full on, covered in, taken over, and on board with God's Holy Spirit. Number two, they gathered together as a large group in the temple. They came and heard the preaching of God. They came and heard the word of God. They got together and sang praise and listened to the scriptures of God. That was key. Matt Chandler says a church ain't a church if it is not preaching the truth of the scriptures. If you go to church and you hear sermons entitled, sex is stupid, debt is dumb, all right, mirrors are magical, you're not probably in a healthy church. You, oh yeah? <laughs> you want to hear, listen to me, I don't, I am not saying books are bad. I think we need them to supplement our learning. But if you come here and we walk through experiencing God and then we walk through the purpose-driven church and then we walk through the prayer of Jabez and then we walk through not a fan and then we walk through crazy love, all right, and then we walk through radical, you're not in church. You're in a library book study. The preaching and teaching of the Word of God in large groups, gathering together and 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 and. and Mm, being drenched and having your thirst quenched as the deer pants for the water so my soul longs. Do you long to get here? We're looking for those kind of people who long to hear the word of God in groups. And number three, they met together in homes. That's what they did. I'm going to read it to you. The first thing they did was accepted and were filled with the Spirit of God. The second thing that they did was they gathered in big groups and let Peter hammer down on them and, and, and the disciples and the Word of God covered them. And then the third thing they did was break off, talk about it, walk about it. And it looked something like this. If you want to just take one picture, Cindy, there it is. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more. There's going to be a lot more. So you might want one to just... just to, I'll give you these two. I'll give you, I got another one at the end. It'll have it, all right? There it is. Full of the Holy Spirit, preaching the word of God, meeting together in homes. Why? Why did they choose to do it this way? What happened in the homes? 
I'm going to tell you what happened in the homes. Let's get into Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We've been in big church. That's what we called it when I was little. They went to big church and listened to the preacher, okay? And to fellowship, gathering together as the body of Christ, breaking bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. Church, church, church. Listen, everyone was filled with awe. We say it again. Everyone was filled with awe. Do you know what one of the core values of Nicholasville Baptist Church is, NBC on Main? You know what it is? It's the joyful celebration. You know why? Because church has gotten boring. Church has gotten boring. People come, they sit, they stare, they leave. They come, they sit, they stare, they leave. They come, they sit, they stare, they leave. And church got boring. I don't want to be in a boring church. I don't want to pastor a boring church. I want to pastor a church that is in awe of Jesus. If you've lost your awe, get on your knees. Come back when you find it. Because we want an awe-filled service where God does awe-inspiring things. They were filled with awe at the many wonders and the signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need every day. You want the one that's going to choke, choke everybody out? That's it. Hey, Steve, let me ask you a question. Were you going to church pretty regularly 30, 35 years ago? 40 years ago? All right. If you were going to church regularly 30 to 40 years ago, raise your hand for me. Good. How many times, how many times a week were you at the church building? Four? Four? Three? Four? What kind of things happened? Sunday morning, Sunday school, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And that's if you weren't, you know, free to tack its kid. And because then you were at choir practice, and then you were at uh, some kind of uh, terrific Tuesday on Tuesdays after school, and then you were on Super Saturdays on Saturday morning. I mean, act far, I was at the church house all the time. And I didn't even call it church house, so I don't know what's Jessamine County and in me or not, but come on. All right? See, listen, church. Do you know what they're teaching all the pastors right now? Do you know what they're going to teach our Asbury Seminary people? You will be lucky if you can get your core, your tithing, giving, serving people, two times a week. They're teaching it now. Every path... I don't fall into it because I believe in it. I fall into it because you're a part of it. Whether intentionally or unintentionally, I promise you this very thing. You will have your child at four practices of sports this week, and they won't be in church twice. This is the world we live in. You're welcome. Every day, they continued to meet in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. We're going to say it again for those in the back. Ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those being saved. So they met in the temples and they met in homes. We have decided at NBC that if I cannot get you to give four days a week, which I would love to be able to do, all right, I would. Heather, 25 years ago, how many times a week were we together? Any day we could get the doors open. It's just a true story. It has nothing to do with me. Let me be clear. But when I was a youth pastor, it's now almost been 30 years ago, all right? We were here every time I would unlock the doors. We did Sunday morning together. We sat in worship after that together. We had Sunday night youth ministry together. We had Wednesday night youth worship together. We would play football on Sunday afternoons in Seth John's front yard or Megan True's backyard. We, were to, we would come here on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night and do that interpretive 1980s, does he still feel the nails every time I fails? By the way, just FYI, FYI, I taught that song. I did interpretive dance to that song. I say dance very loosely. I'm very white. But listen to me. I love Ray Bolts, but he does not still feel the nails every time you fail. It's a horrible the- theology. I, we, listen. We taught our kids some really bad theology back in the day. Jesus is the champion in boxing match, and that's just theologically a nightmare. Oh, my gosh. A nightmare. And feel the nails. And then, no, no. we got to check our theology so we're teaching the right things. But the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. So, When they got in the homes, five things, wait till the end, I've got all five of them on a slide, okay? Five things that you do in homes that grow the church. Number one is spiritual growth. They were dedicated to the apostles' teaching. So, even though you hear teaching in here, all right, that is like watching the football game, all right? Small groups are playing the game. It's going down out of the stands and getting on the field and talking play by play about what was taught, what was spoken, bringing in more ideas, more conversations, centered, always centered on the Word of God. They developed themselves spiritually by discussing the Bible together. Number one, spiritual growth via Bible study, all right? Number two, relationship building. They devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. This was an important aspect of the Jewish culture, but it has everything to do, not in this case with the breaking of bread like communion, but with sitting at the table. When you wanted to be involved with someone, when you wanted to say, I want you to come into my circle, when you, when you wanted someone to be a part of your family, You said, come eat with me. You put food on the table. You dedicate yourself to it. And you sit with those people and you eat. You fill the body and you fill the soul. Number one, they dedicated themselves to spiritual growth by digesting the Bible. Two, they dedicated themselves to relationship building by eating, drinking, and conversing together. That's where relationships are built. At the table, at the restaurant. Heaven forbid, at the bar, it's happening. 
Number three, prayer and praise. When the apostles taught and the people got in awe, this is going to scare the good Baptist too. When the people got in, it's not going to scare Cassandra. She's the only one that does it around here. But when they got in awe, when something is said, there's a little, mm, there's a little, that's right. There's a little preach, or unless you're Stephen Celine, mm. that's what he does. I know I got it right when Stephen's in the back going, mm, all right, like he's clearing his throat, right, right? When, when, when they felt God's spirit, you know what they did? They thanked God for it. You know what they did? They praised God for it. They said hallelujah. They said amen. They said let's ask him. Hey, we're running out of time for this, this, and this. Let's ask him. Hey, we need to redecorate the inside of our building now that we've done the outside. Let's ask him. Hey, we need to cover all of this stuff because our guests don't feel welcome and we want to open it up and make them feel welcome. Let's, let's ask him. They prayed and they prayed raised together. They go and did. They didn't sit and he hauled. They goed and they did. Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations. How do I know? Because they didn't care what they had. They cared what they had. Ah, Huh. Think about what I said there because I didn't know I was going to say it, but I said it and Jesus said it, so we're going to do it again. They didn't care what they had. They cared what they had. It wasn't about what Craig could put in or Tim could put in or Kyra could put in or Brad could put in. It wasn't about that. Everybody thought big picture. Everybody knew we all have. We have. It's just like the mentality of the Jews I've told you about. You got the salsa guy and the chip guy. You got the bean guy and the French onion dip packet guy. Because everybody knows if you're going to make beans, you need a French onion dip packet to season them with. Everybody's got to do their part or you got unseasoned beans. Some of y'all be doing all your church with unseasoned veggies because the salt guy and the pepper guy and the garlic guy, they're not giving their part. Oh. Watch your toes. We did ministry together. Listen, inside the walls so that everyone could eat and outside the walls so that no one went without. And when they went outside the walls and put coats on people instead of Bible browbeating people, when they went outside the walls and fed people instead of quoting scripture through a bullhorn to people, when they went outside the walls and loved like Jesus loved to the least of these my brethren, then Jesus honored them by adding to their number. Well, Craig, we've been coming here for 25 years and we've been giving our offering and doing vacation Bible school and children's choir and you're, you're, just, you're just all a lot of fun and we like bringing people to hear you, but we ain't growing. Why not? Because we have a sit ye here for in all the pews and make disciples of our family mentality instead of go ye therefore in the, all the nations. Something to think about. And after they ministered together, then they told the story. Go ye, oh, wait. go ahead. They shared Jesus inside and outside the walls. Once you give a man a coat, he'll want to hear why. 
once you listen to the heart of an individual who just needs someone to cry out, they'll want to hear why. Once you've picked them up off the street in their worst moments, they'll want to hear why. You don't pick them up. Tell them how angry Jesus is and drop them. You wait the days, weeks, and months that it takes for them to realize what my wife identified just this week. She said, you're doing what you say you've always been doing. You're there. I'm not preaching, but I'm there. And eight years from now, I plan to be there. And after you slap me and call me names and tell me what a stupid decision I made about corona or a stupid decision I made about the outside of the walls, I'm still going to be there. Because that's what we do. Mom, you just be there. Dad, you just be there. Church member, you just be there. And you love. And you serve. You pray. You praise. You eat together. You give. You minister and you share, and the Bible says God added to their number. There's so many days we sit in staff meeting. So many times we wander around just, you know, wanting to kick something because we had 12 people scheduled to work and 10 of them call in and say they can't. We, we, we work for, for, for months on an event that someone asks for, and someone says they'll come to, and we pour all this time in planning for 30 people, and three show up. We do all of this stuff trying to have something for everybody, and the same nine people show up. And there are so many days, listen, there are days I want to stand up here and say, what the... In the world are you doing? Held that one back. So many days I want to pick up the phone and say, don't, 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 don't you make around $70,000 a year? Don't you think that $20 tithe is a little bit cheap? I'm just saying. There are days I want to make those phone calls. But I'm going to be here. And we'll wait for God's spirit to fall all over you. And we'll wait for him to grab you by the cheek or cheeks. Look into your eyes just like he did the woman who was not stoned. Just like he did the woman in the well. Just like he did the prodigal son. Not Jesus, but the father did. And he was representing Jesus. And say, I love you. But you got to do it different. I've said it before and I'll say it again. I will accept you just as you are right here, right now. Listen, but I will not let you stay there. I will accept you just like you are. But if you want to stay where you are, I'm not for you. Not for you. Because I will spin my wheels pressing down on the gas trying to drag you from where you are to where Jesus wants you to be. Let's go. And we're putting our foot down on this. We want you here on Sunday mornings, and we want you in a small group. And if that happens, 
God will add to our numbers in his way and in his time. Men's ministry Saturday morning, student ministry Wednesday night, all those small group worthy. We eat together, we pray together, we praise together every Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. There's a ladies' day coming up, that's right. But I'm, I'm putting my foot down here. If Acts Church did it, temple, home, we can do it. What's the goal, Tim? What's the, I don't think I can get their goal? 80%. And what would you say when you came in about that? That's impossible. That's nuts, I think is what he said. No, it's not. It's not. We're, if the people who are signed up sign up, we're in between 65 and 75. If the people who signed up show up, and 30 of you aren't signed up. That's probably exaggerating, I'm, kids and all. I'm just saying, we can do it. That's why we hired a guy to help us get there, to meet with small group leaders, to write curriculum, to love everybody outside the church and teach us how to do it better. Guys, I believe in this. Temple, homes, worship, small groups. We're putting our money where our mouth is, and those are the places. And that includes children ministry and student ministry because that's their small group. Got it? All right. Let's finish with the scripture. This is our call to devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, to be filled with all by the signs and wonders, to be together and have everything in common, to sell our possessions and give to anyone who has need, to continue to meet together in large groups, to break bread in small groups and eat together with glad and sincere hearts and give God praise and enjoy the favor of him over all the people and watch what God does. Let's pray. God, this morning I pray a, a very special prayer over the G's. I pray a special prayer over the letting hands. I pray a special prayer over Les and Sicily, over Preston and Melissa, over Greg and Dee Dee. And I'm missing one, but I'll get it. Oh, Danny and Frida, as they embark on the opportunity to minister to two, four, six, eight couples and individuals and be involved in the process of making disciples, creating fellowship, growing a church family. And God, let us be reminded to stay in the word, to chase you, and to each one do our part. Fill me up as I prepare for next week, the body of Christ in community. I thank you for every individual here, all of our members who are not able to be here, and all the guests who you're going to bring in Jesus' name. Amen.